You're listening to the Sooner Schooner Show on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm Eric G. from 97.1, the sports animal in Tulsa. Coming up on this week's episode, we'll talk about the greatness that is Drake Stoops. We'll congratulate Jeff Levy on being a finalist for the Broyles Award. We'll hear plenty of audio from Brett Venables, the future of Jackson Arnold. That's certainly on the rundown today. And I'll give you a couple of players to watch for the upcoming game with BYU. But before we get to that, do me a huge favor. Hit pause, give us a five-star rating, and write a written review. That five-star rating helps us elevate our content on whatever platform you happen to be listening. allows us to get it out or at least get it in front of more people. And the written review tells us what kind of content you want and that we give that to you. Take a screenshot of both, send it to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and Pete will give you the all-important Heartland College Sports koozie. Congratulations to Jeff Levy on his nomination, or actually being named a finalist for the Broyles Award, which goes to the top assistant in college football. And a lot of times, when when guys win that award, uh, Dan Lanning, Mike Loxley, just uh, two of the guys that I can think of right off the top of my head. When they were Broyles Award winners, they were head coaches just a few weeks after that. Dan Lanning, of course, with Oregon, Mike Loxley with Maryland. And maybe that'll be the case for Jeff Lebby if he's lucky enough to take home the award. Now, his name is being mentioned with Mississippi State. And my gut feeling tells me that it's a nice rumor, but I don't see Jeff Levy getting that job because Zach Selman, former assistant AD at, at OU and now athletic director at Mississippi State, is the one pulling the strings on this one. And if you're going to get rid of a guy like Zach Arnett, who only coached 11 games, 11 games, and the dude gets fired, if you're firing him Jeff Levy is not your top choice to replace him because you want somebody that's ran the room. You want somebody with more experience in running a football program. And Jeff Levy's only called plays, only ran the room for two years. Prior to this, OC down at UCF, that was Josh Heupel's baby. And at Ole Miss, we all know that Lane Kiffin is the guy calling all the shots there. So this is Jeff Levy. This is really only his second year to do it, so I don't see him being the guy that they have in mind. Maybe there's another job out there that Jeff Levy can take, but I think it'll be interesting to watch as how OU fans react to Jeff Levy getting attention because he was widely criticized after the Kansas and Oklahoma State game. In fact, there are are fans, if they had the power to do so, would have walked right on the field in Stillwater or Lawrence, fired Jeff Levy on the spot. They would have. Because as far as they're concerned, it's Jeff Levy's fault that Drake Stoops got tackled at the sticks or a little bit in front of the sticks and not beyond it. It's not Dylan Gabriel's fault because he didn't throw the ball far enough or maybe Drake Stoops didn't set up far enough or Dylan Gabriel didn't look for another receiver it's always the play caller's fault, which is one of the most annoying things. I will say this much. I, I got to get this off my chest, okay? It, it's it's become very annoying to me that the easy answer is to fire coaches. And if I said this before, I apologize. 
But that's the easy answer for everyone. When they don't like what's going on, it's always about the play calling. It's always about the coaching. It's never about the players on the other side of the ball making plays. And it's never about your players not executing. The coach can always fix it, which there could be nothing further from the truth than that. And we've seen it this week in college football. What happened this week in college football starts all that talk. Gets the momentum going with Jimbo Fisher getting fired. The guy at Boise State getting the axe this week. We've already talked about Mississippi State and Zach Arnett getting the boot. And you know that there are more to come. You know, maybe Sam Pittman finds himself out at Arkansas, which is another another uh, which is another job Jeff Levy has has been mentioned for. But I'm going to tell you right now. That firing a coach isn't always the answer. Firing coordinators isn't always the answer to your problem. Because a lot of times, and you don't have to look any further than Texas to see that if you just keep firing coaches every three years, you never build any stability in the program, and it's hard to have a high level of success. You may hit every once in a while, but you won't be able to to sustain it. So sometimes you've just got to go through growing pains with the head with the head coach and the assistant that you have and then hope that it works out well. You know, maybe Arkansas may do that because they don't have the money. And right now I'm not a guy that says fire Jeff Levy. I think Jeff Levy's done a done a pretty darn good job as offensive coordinator and he's going through some growing pains. And certainly Saturday he was aided by the fact that Dylan Gabriel went out and accounted for eight freaking touchdowns. Which, a sidebar, um, had OU not lost to Oklahoma State and Kansas, wouldn't right now we be talking about Dylan Gabriel being the favorite to win the Heisman? Yeah, I know Penix is going to have something to say about it. But when you account for eight touchdowns, when you're the first quarterback to ever account for eight touchdowns at OU, a place that has Jason White, Sam Bradford, Baker Mayfield, and Kyler Murray, all of a sudden, your status gets elevated. And that might have been enough to help him overcome Penix in that in that discussion. And with some voters, had OU kept, had OU kept winning and won the Big Twelve championship, as it is now, Dylan Gabriel's just going to be thought of as a good player. He'll probably be first team All Big Twelve, maybe even an All American, and not, all not that's not all bad. But certainly, there there were bigger things in store. Still, I'm happy for the guy. And we'll talk about Drake Stoops' performance here in a second, but that was one of the, the guttiest performances that, that I have seen from an OU player in a long time. So mad props to Drake Stoops, mad props to Dylan Gabriel, but back to the whole coaching situation. Okay, think about this. You think you want to be a coach. You want the clipboard. You want the whistle. You want to be the CEO. You want to call the shots. Then think about what happened to Jimbo Fisher. I mean, sure, the guy's going to make $70-plus million to walk away, but Jimbo Fisher's got pride. That dude wants the coach. That dude wants to be on the sidelines somewhere running a program, and just for ego purposes, you don't want to leave it this way. Yeah, the money's great, but everybody's criticizing you. Everybody's laughing at you. People don't think you're good at your job despite winning a national championship. You're only as good as the last thing you've done, and you're out. And I don't know about you, but as being somebody that went through that, when you've got a lot of pride and you don't want to feel like somebody got the be- somebody got the best of you, 
That is something that can keep a hold of you for a while. So why do it? Why get involved and put up with the dangers that are everyday coaching? Not just to you, but to your family and to your health. Garen Emig got the uh, press conference started on Tuesday with this question to Brent Venables. Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> Gosh, Brent, this is off the grid right out of the, right out of the, off the bat, but... Um, your profession has an element of madness to it. Uh, you, there were two coaches who competed against each other over the weekend in a game. Neither had a job Monday. Mississippi State and uh, the other guy. And thank you, Dana. Do you stop to consider the danger of what you what you do? That the machinery, the whether it's money or expectations, or is that less than two years in? Is, are the, the pros outweigh all of that silliness and madness? And I, I've, um, I, I never have. Um, um, I feel well, and, and let me let me just say that I don't. I'm not a. Um, I don't worry uh, by nature at all. I just get really busy in the doing. And but I've shown up on my job every day that I've had a job, starting from the first day I was hired as a graduate assistant at Kansas State, showing up that my job is on the line and everybody else's jobs on the line based on my work, my attitude, uh, my thoroughness. Um, I've always had that sense of urgency, but never out of fear. Um, just as something that, uh, I think it comes from just an appreciation for having what I have. And so I don't, uh, you know, I'm, I'm confident in who I am and whose I am. And, and, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't worry about things that I can't control. BV's right. You can't work under the guise of fear and be very successful. If fear is your biggest motivator, you have absolutely no chance in whatever your chosen profession is. You don't. Because if it's, I'm doing this or I'm doing certain things so I don't get fired, not out of love for it, not out of... Passion, which is something that uh, we always like to use in, in, in the broadcast business. Or I'm not doing it because it's the best thing to do at this moment. If you're only doing it because you get fired, you have already pretty much put it in your head and put it out there in the universe, so to speak, that it's inevitable. You're, you're going to get fired. So I love Brent Venables' attitude towards this. Still, um, when you watch... And think about, all right, think about this for a second. Every single coach gets fired publicly. So people learn you lost your lost your job. For the most part, everybody else in this world, unless you are in the public eye, like if you run for president and you were a what you you won one term and then lost the second, everybody knows you got fired the, the second, you know, during during that second election. You know, it's a it's a referendum on the job that you did is what they say in, in, in politics. Well, the more public it is, the more the harder it is to swallow because everybody looks at you and either feels sorry for you or they think you're a loser. And neither one of those are feelings you want when you lose your job in the public eye. Trust me, I know. So why do it? Why put yourself out there? Brent Venables did a great job of explaining why coaching is more of a calling than necessarily it is a chosen career path. 
quick. The other thing is, I mean, what are the why do it just in general? I mean, why do what? Coach. I mean, what what are the what are the obvious pros that outweigh <coughs> that stuff? No. Um, Golly, I mean, this is yeah, that's a long list. But uh, what do, when you 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 love what you do, uh, you're passionate about what you do. Um, like all jobs, you know, all professions, uh, there's challenges, but it's all worth it. And um, you're making an impact. You're bringing joy. You're bringing out the best in people. Uh, you're creating lifelong habits. You're helping these young guys and coaches and staff take advantage and use the game um, and all the amazing transferable skills to be better human beings, to be better uh, coaches, to be better husbands, to be better fathers, to uh, be better competitors, uh, you know, to help facilitate these young guys. I got a locker room of 123 guys and be able to be a, a, a part of helping facilitate their dreams and, you know, that, that they know and then maybe the other passions beyond the game that they don't know yet, you're helping become a, a vessel for them to uh, connect, um, use the game to connect uh, and, you know, give back to the game that's been so good uh, to, to all of us. So um, I love coaching. Uh, it's a way for me to compete um, with myself. And uh, but I, I love bringing out the best in people. And uh, I, but, but I love watching our players become grown and confident uh, strong men through the game. Preacher, teacher, cop, fireman, coach. They're all callings. They're, they're callings more than careers. E even with the amount of money that these guys get paid and as desirable as it looks like that job is, it's not an easy life to live from so many different, uh, from so many different respects. And for me, as I've said it, the main thing is that you're constantly in the public eye and everybody's scrutinizing the job that you're doing. And it's easy to say, well, if you don't want that life, don't get into it. Most of the guys that do this can't help it. It becomes an addiction. And once you're in, you just have to coach. And guys do figure out a way to scratch that itch. Hopefully, I mean, look at Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops is a great example of this. Um, Bob Stoops is enjoying life right now, not having to get a team ready in the fall. But guess what's going to happen this spring? He's going to go back down to Arlington. He's going to coach. He's going to coach in the USFL, and he's going to try and win another championship. You know, he he may not want the commitment that it took to run OU, or may not want the commitment that it takes to run an NFL team. But obviously, the guy has it in him, and that's why they don't ever they don't ever really fully walk away, even when they get involved in other professions. There's always this drive for these guys to get back in. It's like. It, you know, the the Godfather, Godfather 3, you know, Michael Corleone. Every time I'm out, I think they pull me back in. That is, that's the whole deal with coaches. The whole deal with Jackson Arnold, well, this cat's going to redshirt. Um, he's already played in four, he's already played in four games this year. The last game that he played in was Iowa State. That had not been the original plan. The original plan was probably, the original plan wasn't probably, it was to play him, to figure out a package, use him where he could, but the season has played out differently now. And go back to what we said about Jeff Levy. Let's say Jeff Levy does get a head coaching job. Even if it's not a place Jackson Arnold would want to play, are you concerned if you're Brent Venables that Jackson Arnold may in fact leave? Because by all accounts, he's a better quarterback than Dylan Gabriel. He's the guy you want next year. So you want to do everything you can if you're Brent Venables to make sure that Jackson Arnold's parents... And he are happy. 
to make sure all the NIL money is lined up. If you're Steve Sarkeesian and now the news comes that Quinn Ewers may come back this year, where's your commitment to Malik Murphy? Where's your commitment to Arch Manning? How are you taking care of those kids? It's the new way to deal with college football. Ultimately, I think Jackson Arnold will stay. Yeah, but I, I always say that with a little trepidation. You know, if Dylan Gabriel decides he wants to come back, which if Dylan Gabriel does, then it has to be, an, uh, look, it, the job has to be open going the spring. Those two have to battle it out. Um, but I say that always with trepidation that, yeah, I think Jackson will be back, but then you never know what's what's going to happen. But Brent Venables here talks about the plan to redshirt Jackson Arnold and hopefully maintain him as the quarterback of the future. You know, Brent, when you talked about Jackson Arnold the other day that you might be able to redshirt him, that was a little bit of a change of plan, but talk about you know his Well, yeah, and, and, that, and, I, and a lot of that is the course of the season and how things have gone and and you're always trying to be mindful of that of every player. And sometimes you can um, potentially, uh, you know, do it. And then sometimes you, hey, that was the plan. And then there's disaster uh, happens. And then you got to make a hard right hand turn. And so, you know, you're always looking at plan A, plan B, and best case scenario, worst case scenario. Uh, but he's still been able to take all the, you know, uh, you know, the reps um, just in case, you know, uh, something unforeseen happens, and so to, so he can stay ready. He's had tremendous growth and maturity. Uh, you know, we give him a ton of reps. We do a lot of good on good, and uh, you know, we don't hold back. Oh, okay, well, Jackson's in. Let's let's make it easy on him. That's not what we do. No, we don't make it harder. We just do what we do, and uh, and it's all hard. And uh, but he's responded. He has a wonderful attitude. Uh, about all of it, you know, he sees the growth in himself, uh, tremendous, tremendous growth and maturity, both as a young person and then uh, as a as a leader and as a football player. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, Jeff has done a great job having uh, him in a great mindset and uh, and having him continue to, to work and stay hungry and driven. And so he doesn't spend any less time, you know, here. Uh, he spends, you know, uh, a lot of extra time, uh, staying ready, and just continue to develop himself. Hopefully the next time we see Jackson Arnold will be at the beginning of next year, which brings us to this. Okay, not a great transaction. The two players to watch for BYU. Now, granted, I'll admit that this first one is a little stock. I mean, it's it's chalk all the way. I'm going to go with Keaton Slovis because it's Brigham Young. And when you think of Brigham Young throughout their history, you think of quarterbacks. Guy's thrown for over 1,700 yards this year. Uh, he's got 12 touchdown passes, but he does have six picks. So he has a tendency to throw it to the, to the wrong color shirt. Hopefully, OU can get some pressure on him this Saturday, force him into making some bad decisions in the OU defensive backs. Can come up big. Uh, speaking of defensive backs, Jacob Robinson on the other side of the ball. This guy is a finalist for the Thorpe Award. Uh, this guy is a bit of a ball hawk. He's got four picks all, already this year. And if that wasn't enough to intimidate you, uh, the guy did stop Tanner Mordecai, former OU quarterback, on a two-point conversion in the New Mexico Bowl. I haven't looked. You know what? I haven't looked. I meant to do this before the show today. I haven't looked at the average age of the BYU roster, but I'm going to guess it's about 25. Actually, it's probably younger than that, uh, but it's just kind of the running joke that BYU is full of you know grown men who were married and you know settled down, living you know living living their best life 
on, on that Provo campus. And I'm sure that part of it still holds up. I just I don't know that the average age is is 25, but that always is a good a good running joke. Uh, what is not a joke is Drake Stoops and putting on one of the guttiest performances that we've seen uh, from an OU player in quite some time. It's not that he was hurt, although he did get the wind knocked out of him once, and it did result in uh, who was it, who was Matoir got a, get, Matoir got kicked out because he was defending Drake Stoops. Got to love that. Got to even love the fist bump from uh, President Haraz there or, or Harris. I think it's Joe Harris, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm always mispronouncing names, but. Uh, you know, it was great. Um, three touchdowns. He's coming off back-to-back career highs. I think we've seen him. Look, we we look. We know we've seen him become the number one receiver on OU, and it's been out of necessity. Now, I'll be the first to say Nick Anderson deserves way more than four catches. You got to target that guy often because he scores touchdowns like Chris Carter. But Drake Stoops, just he, he's he's that guy that you can just always count on, and and I get the feeling that no matter how hard a hit. That kid takes. He is going to hang on to the ball. Leading all Big 12 receivers right now. Just an absolutely tremendous year. Certainly everybody's favorite player on the OU team. And I couldn't gloat about it more. I don't think I could dig up any more superlatives. So I'm just going to let Brent Venables do the talking. Brent, you mentioned the coach's kid before. You were on the other side of the country in 2017, 2018. But coaches stay connected. Families stay connected. What did you know about Drake Stoops, the three-star recruit? Same thing. Came here as a walk-on. Well, we, me and my boys, we'd always be watching, and if there was something on Twitter or something, we would share with each other. Just, just a baller, you know. Just always doing, you know, the little things right. And like, oh man, you know, that was a nice little play he had there. Uh, whether he's cracking somebody uh, to set up a big run or a screen play, or you know, making you know the third down catch or. You know, making the ordinary, the the uh, the extraordinary catch may look ordinary, and then you know his his ability to to run after the catch is different. You know, he he bounces off of guys, he breaks a lot of tackles, he runs through trash, uh, can make guys miss in a in a phone booth, and uh, and then his his toughness and grit that he represents, man, that's what you want your whole program. What program doesn't want to represent that? You know, have people, players uh, that represent that, and and he's been the model of consistency on top of that. And you know, he uh, commented, you know, in an interview about being up here ten hours a day. He, he's he's not joking. He's working on his body. He's watching extra film. You know, he's building relationships with his teammates. He loves all of it. And um, he's exhausting this moment in his life. And I love that as opposed to being hurry, you know, hurry up to get on to the next thing like everybody else tries to get you to do to chase the bag and to be self-centered. He's like, no, I've got college is too fun. I've got a lot of developing still to do. I can always get better. The one shot that I might have to make the NFL the best league on the planet, I'm going to be as prepared as I can possibly be. There are no mulligans. You don't get it well, let me try this again and see if I can get drafted again or make a team again. You get one chance. So make the most of of college, uh, which, as we all know, is the most transformational time of your life. Uh, It should, um, through relationships, through experiences, through education, uh, you know, it's going to be one of the most enriching times of your life and really help propel you for the rest of your life. So he's got wisdom beyond um, his his years. Um, He certainly has a great uh, network of people that have um, helped him. He's not one 
uh, that's shy about asking others' opinion, but he's a strong young man and uh, that's made a, made a decision to be excellent at what he does and value all the opportunities that he's had. It feels to me like his time at OU's flown by. He is a six-year senior. For you, you may, you may be the person that's like, I can't believe Drake Stoops is still here. I can't believe he's already been here six years. But that's what happens when you get old like me. Time just absolutely flies. But I, I love watching this kid play. I love the Stoops chant. I'm going to miss it probably as much as you are when, it, when it's all said and done. And I don't know how we couldn't expect him to go up to Provo and not have a huge day. Real quick, screw you, Big 12. For the 11 o'clock kickoff Central Time, 10 o'clock Mountain Time, and screw you again for the 11 o'clock kickoff on Black Friday. Be so glad to get out of this conference. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, OU fans chanting SEC at the refs when they didn't like the call. Um, yeah, we're, we're all done, aren't we? We're all done with the Big 12. Good. Glad to see everybody else has jumped, jumped on that train. Hopefully OU beats the living daylights out of, out of BYU this week. I realize OU's, OU is OU is 0-2 lifetime to Brigham Young. Lost to the Copper Bowl, which was ridiculous, a game they should have never have played in. And Anthony Fogel always talks about how the coaches were playing golf that week. Um, then lost the one with Sam, when Sam Bradford was out and Landry Jones made his debut. Brent Venables 0-2 to Brigham Young. Won at Kansas State, lost in a Cotton Bowl game. A very close Cotton Bowl game. Was it a 14-15 loss? And then lost in the 14-13 game as a defensive coordinator. So not a lot of luck against the Cougs. All that changes this week. OU gets the win. We're out of here. May God bless you and your family. It's a great Jackie Moon always says, everybody love everybody. And to quote Don Cornelius, love, peace, and soul.